Welcome back to the Loftcast, QPR's official podcast, bringing you your regular hoops fix from Loftus Road in Harlington. I'm Ian Taylor from the QPR media team, and today I'm joined by QPR club ambassador Andy Sinton and my fellow media colleague Andy Watkins. After a five-star showing on Saturday against Rock Bottom Rotherham, man of the moment Luke Freeman joins us to look back on that win over the Millers as Ian Holloway's informed side made it four home wins on the spin in stunning style at Loftus Road. We'll also be discussing QPR Community Day, Tiger Feet A, the upcoming international break, and much, much more. They need to have forward here, QPR. They may well be 4-1 up, but they're searching for a fifth, and they have a fifth. Neda Manua in the right place at the right time. Andy, Andy, only one place to start. QPR 5, Rotherham United 1, and Andy Sinton as convincing a home win as you like to see at this level. Yeah, it was excellent, you know, excellent performance, excellent result. Five goals, we spoke on the pod last week, we spoke about it during the season, early in the season. These games can be seen uh, or often play out to be the hardest games with the expectation, but we started well, and as I say, that's the uh, that's the way to get these uh, teams at the bottom put to bed. Looking at the team selection, it would have been easy for Ian Holloway to name an unchanged team after such a good performance at Leeds that probably deserved to yield all three points, but only... Came away with a point, but two changes, weren't there? Silla and Mbakoso for Washington and Shoek. Um And after making changes earlier in the season when we played Burton at home, when people said, oh, he should have picked his strongest team, he did almost risk it again, didn't he, the gaffer? But it paid dividends. Certainly did. Uh, you know, I was probably one of those that, um, waiting for the teams that I thought he would have gone the same team as Leeds. I think a lot of people did, you know, but uh, I think maybe a reason behind it We've seen in recent weeks and months that uh, Connor and Smithy can play together. So he's probably thinking, you know, can can Silla and Smithy play together? You know, just in case Connor got injured or loss of form or or whatever. So uh, so that's behind that. Yeni, I think he's gone on record as saying he's uh, worked really well over the last sort of month or so, yep. and he's getting better and better and better. So it's isn't it nice we c- he can do that? Uh, and it's always you know risk and reward, but when you get it right. It looks the masterstroke. And Andy, it was the perfect start, wasn't it? Um, uh, a nice early goal and a very well-taken goal by by Matt Smith. And he, he really goes from strength to strength in a QPR shirt. Yeah, um, I remember, I think it was the Wigan game at home. I think he had a similar similar chance. And he just seems to take them. doesn't really seem to think too much about them, which I think is obviously a good thing as a striker. Um, and I think it was, I mean, it's a strange. The first sort of five minutes, there was nothing, nothing really happening. And then Sillers put a ball over the top, Smith ran onto it, and you suddenly look up, and then next thing it's in the back of their net. And yeah, nothing doesn't really make sort of too much fuss about it. Just, just does what he needs to do, puts it in the bottom corner, and yeah, like you say, the perfect start. Um, and we were one 0 up. So yeah, as you say, he goes from from strength to strength. And um, I imagine Fulham fans are a little bit surprised as how well he's done since he's, he's come in because he's been absolutely brilliant since he's arrived and every game. You know, he's such a threat, not only, you know, people just think, oh, we might, we might just start playing the long ball out to him, but he's so much more than that. And as you can see with his, his finishes as well. Are you surprised at how well he settled in, Andy? Because I know he was a player that you knew quite a bit about. You tried to sign him when you were a manager, um, but he really has settled in. And like Andy Watkins just says there, it's, it's his link-up play. It's the way that he defends his own six-yard box when we're defending corners. He really has impressed everybody. I'm a surprise, no, because uh, I saw him a lot when he was a bit younger, you know, and I know what he's capable of doing. Um, he gives you a little bit of everything, you know. He's 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 not just a six foot five, six foot six battering ram. He's got a bit of guile. His hold up plays great, and he can finish. His goal he scored the other day. I was here about a week ago, ten days ago, 
and they were doing Harlington. It, yeah, he was doing a little bit of uh, of Ollie was doing a little bit of team shape uh, attacking team shape, uh, and he almost scored two identical goals. Uh, so. Uh, so when that ball's over the top, he's still got a hell of a lot to do. Because I'm thinking just lob him, because the keeper came out and it was almost 10, 15 yards out of his goal. What I liked about it, he's, I think he's had a look and probably that's crossed his mind. <coughs> Excuse me, but then he just steadies himself and mm. he knows exactly what he's going to do. In a great yeah, because he set himself without actually taking a touch, which is quite an yeah. art in itself. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, steadies himself, which is a sign of, that's one, it's a sign of a good player, two, it's a sign of confidence. Um and that gets us off to the start that year. You want to get off to against a, a side who are struggling. That was a good goal. The Rotherham <laughs> equaliser was an excellent goal, a real bolt from the blue that I think Ian Holloway um, would argue QPR could have defended better. I'm not sure there's much Alex Smithies could do about it, but fair play to the guys. It was a, a brilliant response to that, wasn't it, Andy? Because Luke Freeman, um, he really chased down a lost cause, didn't he? I'd, the defending was Sunday League <laughs> at best. Um, having watched it again, I, I think myself and you could probably defend that, <laughs> and maybe even Andy Sinton as well. But um, to be fair to Luke, he, he chased what was probably a lost cause, and then he, he took full advantage. Yeah, I mean, defending aside, uh, you know, if Freeman wasn't there hassling the defender, then you know he could have. I think the defender wanted to chest it down, take that five million touches, and yeah. play it out, but. Like you say, with Freeman around, he didn't get that chance, and suddenly, you know, he's forcing the mistake, which if he wasn't there, might not have come. And then, like you say, you know, he's he's then chased onto the ball and then managed to get there before, before the keeper to poke it home. And yeah, I mean, sort of similar to to Matt Smith, he's kind of been a, a breath of fresh air since he's arrived as well. And just that energy that he's he's got. And again, perhaps when we signed him, people weren't too sure. You know, I think a lot of us thought he was going to be a wide player for mm. us, but playing in behind the strikers, he's he's been brilliant. And you know, he's got you know, the, all the stepovers and everything like that, but just the energy all round. And I think that was epitomised with, with the goal, you know, just sort of chasing onto you know, sort of something of a lost cause. And then suddenly, yeah, having, having seen Rotherham equalise, you know, a couple of minutes later, we're back in front and back on the front foot. Yeah, we'll speak to Luke in a little while about where he feels his best position is, because I think Annie makes a great point there that many expected him to come in and, and occupy a wide left role, but certainly playing in a midfield three and having that energy, like you mentioned, to... To go both ways um, is really coming to fruition for QPR in a minute. Um, speaking of, of tactics and players playing in in certain positions, there was a slight tactical tweak, wasn't there, at the second in the second half, and that's probably been overlooked somewhat. But Ollie deserves a lot of credit for that because he wasn't 100% happy with how things were panning out during that first half. But he moved Yenny into a more advanced position. Of course, it was Yenny um, that put a three-one up with that penalty. I think he made a, a, a subtle tactical change after about half an hour. That might have got overlooked by many, you know. He, he just altered Grant Hall. Yeah, he just altered <laughs> Grant Hall slightly, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, you know. Is that, does that say something about Ollie as a manager that perhaps wasn't there? Definitely. A few years ago, but having worked at Sky and seen so many <coughs> football matches that he's almost got his head around the fact that in-game he can make these these tweaks as well. Well, I was just going to say he's in-game manager and I think has been since he came back here in November. I think Second he's been excellent. You know, he's tweaked things, he's he's altered things. If a side's gone down to 10 men, you know, Norwich very early, he, he, he did something there. He did something with Cherry in that game. You know that a lot of people might not have... I wasn't staring you in the face what he did. Only, only slight tweaks, but they make a massive difference. So he takes every credit. As I say, his in-game management has been second to none since he came back. So three one up, um, courtesy of that that Yeni penalty, and it was a it was a really comfortable penalty. And then 
the goal that everybody has been waiting for from <laughs> here to Australia and further afield. Mass Luongo's first goal as a QPR player and not only a great headed goal from Mass um, and, and, a, and a huge weight off his shoulders, I'd imagine, but when you look back at it, it's a really good team goal as well. It's a fantastic team goal. You know, the way they kept the ball, they moved it, they, uh, they were patient. Fantastic ball in from, uh, from Yeni. Uh, mass times his run to perfection and a, a, a great header that someone like Ferdinand might have been uh, <laughs> pleased with, you know. But for me, the pleasing thing, you know, it was I think everyone in the stadium was on afar listening in various places around the world would have been delighted. But for me, the key thing or the most pleasing thing was the team celebration uh, that we show. I think everyone, you know, went and mobbed him, and it, it shows not only what it meant to Mass but what it meant to his teammates. They were thrilled for him. That's a sign of the togetherness, the team spirit that's building and building and building because that takes you a hell of a long way. Because that's the only part that's really missing from his game. You've played in midfield. You were a goal-scoring midfielder, really. Um, oh, steady. <laughs> but playing from a wide area. He's playing a little bit deeper nowadays. Um, but to break into the box and score a heady goal like that will do him the world of good now. Certainly. I think that's just a little area that he needs to add to his game and let's hope that's the... That's the start, you know, the first of many, hopefully. But um, he's all-round game this season. I thought the first couple of months of the season, he was by far our best outfield player. Mm. Um, he had a little dip, but, you know, so do most players. Uh, coincided with the team having a dip. But the way he's come back in the last month, he's been he's been nothing short of brilliant. And uh, that goal will do him the, the world of good. And hopefully he can kick on and add that to his game and become the almost the complete midfield player. And then Neda Manua's goal, Andy, was the, was the icing on the cake. And... It kept you on your toes uh, as you were doing the social media, getting everything ready for the final full-time tweet and then Nedham sticks in the fifth. But that really was the icing on the cake and fully deserved because yeah. for him especially, you talk about players in form and defenders are probably getting overlooked at the minute because we're, we're free-flowing and we're scoring goals going forward. But Nedham really deserved that goal and, and took it well, didn't he? I mean, he was unmarked. Again, the defending was <laughs> average to say <laughs> the best, but you've got to finish him. Yeah, I think I was probably the only one in the, the ground that wasn't too happy to see Ned and put in the back of the net. I had everything <laughs> ready for one full time and I said, right, I'm going to run down, get the uh, the post-match celebrations and then obviously we get that free kick and you see Yeni about to whip it in and you think, here we go, I can see Great delivery again. Brilliant Have you been ball. teaching him a few tricks since? <laughs> no, I wish. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't need anyone teaching him if he can put balls in like that and the one for Mass. Yeah. You know, great ball, great era um, and fair play to Nedham. You know, he's three yards out. He's still got to get on the end of it. As you say, the icing on the cake. You mentioned Nedham. I would just like to back up what you've just said there. I think since um, since about a month ago, or since the January window, we've yeah. touched on Luke Freeman, who, for someone like myself, I don't go overboard. I think he's been sensational. I really, really do, along with Matt Smith. But those newcomers coming in in January seems to have, have picked up the likes of Mass and Nedham, and their performance levels have gone up. I wouldn't say a notch. They've gone up more than a notch, you know. But and it's uh, competition for places, isn't it? You know that if your performance levels aren't at a real top-notch, and I like you just say, then you can find yourself out the side, and if somebody takes your shirt, it's hard to get it back. Yeah, that's what you want. You know, that's a manager's dream. You know, we were just saying uh, a while ago, we go to Leeds, put on a fantastic performance, and it leaves two of them out. It doesn't leave them out, but he, he rotates, rotates, or whatever, whatever word you want to use, but that's the beauty of what Ian's got now, and he's created that. Let's give him all the credit. Him and his staff, the players have, have fed off um, what they're getting at the training ground, the enthusiasm. I said a while ago that the training ground seems a real happy place. Now, listen, that comes from winning games and mm. performances. You know, we we, we know that. But um, Ian Holloway must take a hell of a lot of credit of what, how he's galvanised, pulled his team together, 
and that'll carry them a long, long way, hopefully. Jay under this one, but he's dallied on it too long, and here's Freeman for QPR, and he's made it 2-1. Well, it was a mess at the back for the Millers, and Freeman pounced. Luke Freeman, thanks for joining us on the Loftcast. A 5-1 win, a fourth home win on the spin, a goal, a man-of-the-match performance. It's pretty easy playing for QPR, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say just that, but uh, no, I'm just uh, chuffed to settle in pr pretty quickly, you know. So, um, like I said, I've been very lucky because the staff and the boys have been really welcoming and it's made it easy for all the newbies to, to come in and, and kind of hit the ground running, you know. So, yeah, very happy. Are you surprised at how quickly you have settled in, though? Or does that say a lot about the staff and the players you've just mentioned? Um, yeah, no, I was a bit surprised, really, because I, I had a difficult month where I didn't, didn't play at all of January, so I had a month out pretty much, you know, and it was hard to kind of come here without, without really any fitness you know so um, yeah I was I was surprised how kind of well it kind of all kind of clicked into place you know uh, again it is down to the staff and the players and, and making me feel welcome and, and all the other new lads you know so um, so yeah I do think it was that. You were in a bit of limbo weren't you really in January because Ian Holloway made it quite clear that he wanted to sign you in this window there was obviously the option that you could sign a pre-contract to join in the summer because you were certainly making the right noises as well. How difficult a period was that for you because I guess having having got to know you over the last month or so, you're the, you're the kind of player that just wants to play football, and you were really in a difficult situation. Yeah, and no, it was. I'm not I'm not a, a type of player that's going to let my opinions be felt and said every every half an hour, every ten minutes, you know. But I feel like when I have to, I'll, I will. Um, it was very difficult, you know, because obviously there's times where I, I was kind of I said that I, w I was interested in, in in moving to QPR, and then it was more kind of Bristol not really letting letting me. Uh, let me move on, you know. Mm. Um, it's football, unfortunately, that's how things happen. So it's very difficult for me because, yeah, I'm not really a type of player who likes to, to say too much, you know. But obviously when it comes to, to to your career and what's probably best for you, maybe you have to, you know. So it was difficult. At one, at one stage, I did think it wasn't going to happen, you know. Um, but and I was lucky enough that everything kind of fell into place. What was it about QBR then that, that really got your juices flowing when, when the interest was shown? It's the whole the whole deal you know it's, it's like the club where they've been before where they can get it's it's London was everything. London being back home in London is a major thing me being a London boy you know so it was it was the full package you know um, I've been been playing at these these fields for since I think under 14s so uh, I've got fond memories here you know <laughs> and I've always had a little thing with QPR wherever, wherever, whenever I've come here and played at Loftus Road I've, I've always had a little attraction to it you know and so so when the club come in calling I was I was very eager to, to make it happen. You often hear about players that don't necessarily play for QBR but talk about Loftus Road as being quite an intimate stadium that they enjoy playing at. You yeah. just mentioned there that QBR there's almost a little soft spot before yeah. you joined would that be along those lines? Yeah no for sure definitely I think it, the way how the club the, the fans are so close to the pitch you know it, it really kind of Builds a, a big environment and a, it helps helps them or QPR at the time when it, it's like their twelfth man, you know. So it's um, it's something yeah, definitely. It, it, I just asked what's for, you know. And uh, when it when it come calling, I was I was very eager to, to try and push things through. Andy, would you share that similar belief that once you've played at QPR, whether or not you're a QPR player or an opposition player, there is something about the stadium. I've said all the time that I don't think there's a better place to play. You know, I was very lucky to play at some some great clubs in my career. But Loftus Road, when the team's playing well, <laughs> is the best place to play. And uh, I think Luke's just hit the nail on the on the on the head there. Those fans are great. They will respond to what they see on the pitch, and and you've seen it in the last sort of month or so. They're really behind the team. They're really enjoying what Ollie's doing with the boys and. Uh, 
credit to them all. When you're playing well, which we are at the minute, um, looking back to Saturday, uh, a 5-1 win, and like we said earlier in the show, as probably as convincing a win as you're likely to see at this level. Yeah, no, definitely. I think um, I think just before I come, when there was a bit of a sticky period here, you know, I think it was never in doubt that the club would be okay. You know, it's just how football goes sometimes. You know, there's, some things don't always go your way, and some and out of nowhere, when you least expect it, they start to fall into place, and things start happening for you. You know, so. It was well on the cards and it was something that was, was always going to happen, this, this run of form, you know. It's just obviously maybe slightly a little bit too late to kind of push for playoffs and, and for the top half of the uh, top end of the table, but yeah. Looking back to Saturday, it was, it was a dream start, wasn't it? Matt Smith puts in, 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 in the league with a, a really well-taken early goal and their equaliser was something special. It's not often yeah. you see home fans applauding an away goal, but then it was a really good response, wasn't it? You got us back. 2-1 two one, two one up just before the break. Just talk us through that goal because it was a, a, a period, it was almost hesitancy, wasn't there, at the back and you, you took full advantage. Yeah, well, we had a game plan to get an early goal because we felt like if we got an early goal, it, it, it set them back even more and, and we felt like we could then go on to get 2-3-4, which is how it all ended up going, you know. But uh, I think with us scoring early, which was, was went to plan and then it kind of they got the wonder goal that they scored. Like I said, it, it, was a, it was a great goal, but I think we could have stopped that uh, probably slightly a bit of... I wouldn't say laziness, but just we was complacent slightly. I think we thought we was then going to go on and score two, three, four goals without them con without conceding. Mm. You know, um, so probably a bit of complacency there. But to then go on again, yeah. No, I mean with my goal, it was it was uh, yeah, just knockdowns really. Obviously up to the big man Smudge and and obviously I tried reading the, the set ball. It was kind of a bit of a ricochet through to me, and I could mm. see it was just bouncing up awkwardly for the centre half. So I just thought I'd carry on my run and, and put him under pressure. To be fair. Uh, ended up nicking it and going through one on one with the keeper and a tidy finish. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was to be fair, it was quite awkward really because it, it was kind of bouncing and the pitch mm. was quite lively as well, you know. So, um, yeah, looking back, it I felt like I'd done quite well to to keep it under control and, and slot it in. Two one up at the break, but the manager, um, as he told us post match, wasn't altogether satisfied. He made a couple of tweaks, didn't he, in terms of the formation? But second half, it was really all one way traffic. Yeah, no, I think there was a, there was a few slight things that we needed to tweak. You know, it was it was quite difficult to to play against. You know, because there was almost half cheating at times, and it wasn't really kind of doing what what you should do by the book of mm. of players and where they should and shouldn't play. And is that why it was so open? Yeah, it was. It, it was very difficult sometimes. Them teams when you play when you play down there, they can be very very difficult to play against because they've got nothing to lose and mm. and they can end up just doing almost what they want on the pitch, um, which can be a deficit and sometimes it can be a good thing for them. Uh, so yeah, there was a few things that we needed to kind of tweak, and we felt like we'd done that. And then obviously, hence how the third, fourth, and fifth goal came in. So obviously come out the, the the second half you you start fast again you get the penalty um, so Yeni slots that away then uh, we get the goal that Loftus Road has been waiting for for yeah. for two years you know Mas yeah. Maslowongo gets his first goal in the QPR shirt you know you could see from the celebrations not only what it meant to Mass what it meant to his teammates but also what it meant to the the, the supporters who've been willing that to happen yeah. talk us through that goal from Mass no the boys were delighted for him you know because obviously. I was aware that he hadn't scored since being here, and I was shocked. Has he been really. taking a bit of stick for that? Or he has a little bit, to be yeah, fair, yeah, in the yeah. change rooms, and I was I was surprised myself to obviously hear that it, that that had been the case, you know. So obviously, uh, it was a great header. If you look back, it's yeah. it's just inside the eighteen-yard box, you know. So to kind of glance. Apparently, that. he's been saying no, stick it in, then feed the big man. That's what. Yeah, he's, that's yeah, what that's saying, it. Yeah. I think it was a change formation. I was going top. It is surprising because he scores regularly for Australia. Yeah, um, but at club level for QPR, he, he has really struggled, but. It was, like you say, it was a great thing. Yeah, no, uh, listen, I, I, I've been in the same boat as him as well. I mean, I was at Bristol City. I hadn't scored a, up until my goal, what, 
two, three months ago, I hadn't mm. scored at Ashton Gate for the whole two and a half years I'd been there. All my goals had been away, you know. Does so it weigh I was, on your shoulders as players? Um, I mean, for me, it didn't really. I mean, it's always in the back of your head. You're not going to lie and say it doesn't, but it wasn't something that stopped me from, from shooting or, or trying to score. Mm. Um, it was just one of them things. It's some things that happen like that, and I ended up being quite lucky where... My strike was a volley against Ipswich, which ended up being quite a, a bit of a wonder goal, you know. So I'll take it being the one and only goal at Ashton Gate. But um, <laughs> I'd like a few more, I think. But yeah. And the celebrations, you know, is that something Ollie as a manager has encouraged, or has that just happened? But that shows a real togetherness, a real team spirit, a, a real, you know, pulling together for each other. Yeah, no, I think the lads, uh, they've got good good team spirit here and good team bonding. You know, we, we, we they get on really well. Uh, I, I was taken back quite taken back by that you know myself because in the past there had been kind of stories of of things that may or may hadn't gone on and you don't know what is and isn't true mm. but you kind of almost you almost kind of assume that that's how things are you know um so, so it's been a good dress yeah so for me to come into i was uh, even though all the, all the new boys have said the same thing it's it, the togetherness and is really really strong, you know. Your role in that as Ollie did Ollie say you know when he signed you? Did he say you know get in there and do something or just be yourself? Yeah, you? no, I think I think he wanted all the new boys to kind of come in and have their say and have their opinions. Uh, obviously, all in the right way. Um, so I think which we've we've all done, you know, and it's all kind of been it's all kind of like I said before clicked into place, you know, and then the lads seem to get on really well. And it, you need that on a pitch on a Saturday or a Tuesday night because you, you want you need to run for your other, for your mates and and work for them and you want them to work for you as well you know so so yeah definitely and then great to see the skipper when it make it five and yeah. um, he scored a few goals this year but um, he certainly enjoyed that one in front of the loft yeah no no he, he took it pretty well to be fair because he was on the half volley so yeah. it wasn't uh, tough technique yeah it was it wasn't Good as easy as what it looked yeah two yards out uh, <laughs> <laughs> no but um, no he, yeah I was, obviously it was another goal for him and it was, there was all flooding in them so we was we was happy for everyone to hopefully try and get on the score sheet the home form has been a struggle prior to you coming it has been a struggle um, but that's that's a fourth on the spin now um, has Ollie made a play for that as he as he said how important because he'll know having played here and managed here in the past that. If you can make Loftus Road a fortress, it gives you the license to go away and yeah. if you can pick up one or two results on the road, then you're, you're in really good stead. Yeah, no, definitely. It's something that, that I think the gaffers wanted to tackle uh, and obviously we've, we've shown that, you know. Uh, like I said, if you can get the fans behind you with, with how close the, the fans are to the, to the pitch and the playing field, they mm. are your 12th man and I don't care whoever comes here, they're, they're going to feel the pressure, you know. So, um, so definitely something that we've, we've, looked, well, we've looked into or tried to stop and make make different and it's what we've done so yeah primarily you played in a, a midfield three do you do you think that's because it's actually showing you here I, I said earlier on you know i think you've been sensational since you come here along with the other players but midfield three does that suit you better with a little bit of license to roam and interchange along with your like mass and pav and yenny to a degree the other day because we thought yeah. didn't we when, when you well, came i thought in. you were going to play as a white player well th this is the thing <laughs> i mean no i had the conversation with the gaffer before i'd come so i knew i knew what he was looking for me but i mean previously when we kind of won the double at, at Bristol City from the League One to to the Championship, I played as a as a number ten slash in the midfield, so mm. two sitting and a, and a one. You know, um, I'd never actually played in a kind of flat three uh, left, um, but it's where he he'd seen me play and, and thought thought I'd be good there. And to be fair, I, he's not wrong, is he? You know, I've thoroughly <laughs> enjoyed it. You know, I, obviously I, I can play on the wing as well, which is. Is where I think some managers seem but to. By seem being tucked in a bit more, you're you're probably in the thick of it the whole. Yeah, the 100%. whole time. You, you love to get on the ball. Don't oh yeah, I, I, that's what you want to be. You want to be involved all the time. You want to be getting on the ball, whether it's 
things come off and some things don't. You, I mean, it's, it's you got to get the courage, take the courage and get on the ball, you know, which is what I'd like to do, you know. Um, so, yeah, no, it's been something that I, I've been really, really happy with and I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying playing there, you know. Um, uh, whereas sometimes where you, where you play on the wing, you, you, sometimes games are out of your hand, they can either pass you by if you, if you don't necessarily get I've the delivery. Nine, I've, had, yeah. I've had many of them. You know what <laughs> I mean? You can either have, exactly, you can have... Running up and down that touchline, <laughs> not getting the kick. But you so. can have games where you're, you're getting the ball all the time, or you can get games where you're, you're hardly touching it at all, you know, yeah. and it's just down to probably delivering how the game's going and whether your teammates are feeding the ball out to you, you know. So, so to be in the middle of the park and, and in, in the thick of it all is something that I'm really, really enjoying. A couple of questions from the fans. Um, Matt Smith tweeted yesterday that, um, well, I think there appears to be a bit of a bromance between you and Matt. Um, yeah. He said it was great to be back playing for you. Anthony Hassan and Tom Lewington said, are you glad that you're reunited with him? Because you do seem to have a real spark on the pitch. Yeah, no, we, we do, to be fair. We get on well on and off the pitch. Mm. And obviously he's a great lad. He's a brilliant lad, yeah. top, top lad. You know, uh, I haven't got a bad word to say about him. He's uh, obviously first got introduced and met him when he was at Bristol City, you know, and um he done wonders for us there, you know. Mm. I think he, he scored so many goals. Quite in, an in underrated player, isn't he? Massively, I think absolutely massively. I think if you look at his his goal ratio, he's he's very very good. You yeah. know, every almost pretty much every time he plays, he's he's scoring. You well, know, we were mean? saying earlier, it would be easy for us to to just describe him as a big lump up front. But what he does for you in the no, defensive yeah. third from corners yeah. and his link up players, well. his, his feet, he's te technically he's good as well. You know, showed which that is, with a goal, didn't he? Yeah, <laughs> great finish, one hundred percent. You know. Um, no, yeah, we, we sometimes you get that with players, you know, mm. we, you're always just always on the same wavelength and I seem to be with him. We always seem to be kind of where we need to be at, at the right time, which is, it's a joy for me because it, it gets me further up the field, you know, so um, I can play off him, I'll always look for him and it's something that's just got a bit of chemistry there that, mm. that doesn't need to be said, it's just natural. Alan Fuller asks, oh, he says, I watched you at Stevenage for a few years and have really enjoyed your progress since. What's your <coughs> ultimate goal for your career? Listen, you're going to want to go to the Premier League. Who doesn't? You know, it's you'd be lying if someone said they're not, they don't want to go there. Um, all you can, all I can do is just keep working hard and, and keep keep my head head down and, and keep working hard. And hopefully, things I will get there. You know, hopefully it'll be with, with QPR, which I do generally think it, it is the case. I think we've got a great squad, and I do think we can we can push on next year. You know, so uh, hopefully to the Premier League with QPR is what I'd like. Um, Football, you don't know what's around the corner and what happens and what doesn't happen, you know. So, yeah, just keep working hard, uh, keep my feet on the ground and, and hopefully things will, will work work my way up to the Premier League. That takes us on nicely to the, the final question from the fans. Sam Wallace and TJ QPR have asked, after what you've seen so far in your time at QPR, your limited time at QPR, where do you think QPR are capable of finishing next season? Because the wheels are already in motion, it would seem, for next season with the way that... Yeah. Yeah, it's almost completed. sometimes, especially for me, because it's been a bit of a difficult season. It's almost feel like the season's coming to an end too, too early, you know. Yeah. Just as we're starting to get going, it's uh, it's coming to an end, you know. But um, it's definitely something that's in motion for next year. And I mean, I I, I think the, the squad that we've got, and if we can add a couple more in the summer, I really think we can we can push on, and definitely definitely be in the playoffs, uh, at least. Um, I think we've got a few of the experienced lads like Jay Mack. He's already said that he's already been there and done it to the. Got to, the, got to the Premier League and he said that the squad that he, we've got he, he thinks it as well you know so yeah. you've got people who's, people who have been there and done it thinking it as well and, and can see it happening you know so that's also a positive um, yeah I generally do think that I think um, I've been in promotional size only once and it was from League 1 to the Championship and it had that similar feel mm. where the togetherness was there and, and, and people wanted to run for each other and work for each other and it's just it's yeah it's, it's a good place for definite 
and the manager talks talks about your relationship with the manager because he's he's mad. Um, yeah. But <laughs> tactically, he's shown, hasn't he? And he's in his short time yeah. back at QPR. Tactically, we were saying, weren't we? He's in, he's in game management um, and making tweaks at half time. Brilliant. Yeah. And, and as well as picking, you know, we were saying he made two changes on Saturday, didn't he? After yeah. a great performance at Leeds, and he could have easily named an yeah, yeah. team, but he made the changes for a reason, and we no, scored five goals. No, definitely, it just goes to show our squad as well. You know, yeah. that we've got here. It's it's it's. A, it's got good competition here, and it's keeping everyone on their toes. And and it, the gaffer said, look, I can't, I can't promise. I've got, I'm going to pick a team that's right for that game specifically. He said, you might, even if you're playing and you're starting this game, you score a hat trick or you get man of the match, you may not necessarily be in the next game. It's down to what I think we need as a team to to, to win the next game. Um, which led to taking on and accepting. Obviously, you want to play every game, but the most important thing is the team winning. Um, so if it means Sometimes maybe you you missing out. It's unfortunate how it needs to be. Um, but no, definitely I think uh, like I said, we've seen his, his kind of tactical side of the game is is second to none. It's really, really on point, and and you can see that with the performances and the changes and and the results we've picked up. And the other guys around him, Mark Bircham and Curtis Fleming, who probably don't get the the headlines that that Ollie does, but certainly since Curtis came in, there's been a, a real change in how we're defending Andy. Um, and I'm sure you'd agree, Luke, that yeah. the, the three of them are working well along with Gavin Ward, the goalkeeper. Yeah, brilliant. I, I've said before that we've got this kind of team spirit and the chemistry we've, we've, throughout the team. It's, it's in the staff as well, and I think right. you can see that. I think you can see that they're, they're all on, on the same wavelength and mm. agree and, and have a, a certain point that may be different, but is vital to have, you know. So it's, it's like I said, we've got good chemistry throughout the whole, whole team and, and staff, uh, and you can see it. You can definitely see it for sure. A rare weekend off coming up. Um, is it going to be a case of rest and relaxation ahead of a, a really tough game against Derby, which is probably a tougher game now with, with Gary Rowett in the hot seat there? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll be training this week. It's obviously very different because you've got nothing to really train for right, yeah. for the weekend. And a few uh, players away on Coming over, duty. yeah, a few lads away. Um, but no, we'll, we'll train hard uh, and then uh, we'll, we'll slowly but surely get ourselves ready for, for the game uh, at Derby. The obvious choice of music there following the completion of Tiger Feet 8 on Saturday. Both Andys, uh, you completed the walk. You hobbled into Harlington this morning. Um, firstly, congratulations. Thank you. Um, and secondly, how are the limbs? Uh, a little bit stiff, a little bit achy. Uh, my dodgy right knee, which has uh, been operated on during my career, was playing up a little bit yesterday. Uh, feet were burning. On when your I birthday as well. On my birthday. Feet were burning a bit on Saturday night when I went out for dinner, but... Uh, that was great. I really, really enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was a super day and uh, great to be, well, a privilege to be a part of it. Andy, you cover Cubiana Community Trust from a media perspective, but you also um, had the balls to take part in the <laughs> walk. A um, couple of uh, other media colleagues in our department um, certainly haven't got the bottle to do so, including nope. Paul Morrissey, who is uh, smiling <laughs> on from afar as we record this. Um, how did you find it? Because um, having done it myself, I know it's not uh, a walk in the park I, yeah. I guess it was a walk in the park for part of it um, <laughs> but it, it's not easy and, and credit to everyone 50 plus walkers I think credit to everyone that took part yeah funny enough the, the walking in the park was probably the, the easiest bit <laughs> it, it was more the, the high streets towards the end of the walk where I found it actually sort of pretty tough going when you're actually sort of trying to dodge in and out of people and the uh, the terrain probably isn't what <laughs> you want when you've done 10 miles but um, yeah I was a little bit concerned I must admit I think a couple of days before when suddenly people like yourself started asking me have you done any training and what I'm training, thinking I'm thinking well 
if somebody had asked me this perhaps a few weeks ago, I might have done some training. Um, but luckily, yeah, got through it. Um, funny enough, yeah, it was just, I mean, yeah, it, was a, it was a great occasion. Um, I didn't know what to expect, really. I was, I must admit, yeah, a little concerned as how long the, leg, the legs would last, but they, they seemed to do okay. Um, and yeah, with, you know, with, with 50 other QPR fans, it was great to sort of meet some, some new faces and fans that I'd, funny enough, you know, sort of spoken to on social media and a couple of guys that had won sort of Twitter competitions and things like this, which came up and they came up and said hello to me and things like that. And it was great to see, you know, everyone getting together for, you know, for the Tiger Cubs and um, everyone had a, you know, yeah, a sore legs, I'm sure, yesterday and, and today, but everyone, you know, thoroughly enjoyed it. And as you say, you know, it was strange because I've, I've covered them, you know, since I've been here the last three or four years and mm. see all the pictures and obviously see the guys when they get here to Loftus Road, but to actually do it myself, to see all the, you know, the preparation and, you know, credit to, to Andy Evans and, and Fiona for all they do to, yep. to get everything yeah, very much so. set for the day. And, um, yeah, really, really enjoyable morning. And, um, yeah, perhaps time for, for one of our uh, colleagues to, uh, to do it next to year. To step up. Lee Hoos was also amongst the walkers. So if Lee Hoos can do it, Paul Morrissey, <laughs> Matt Webb and David Scriven <laughs> certainly can. Um, but fair play to, to Lee because as CEO, uh, I know he didn't, take part in the full walk because he obviously had other duties on the match day but but fair play to him because um the, there's plenty of ceos at football clubs that wouldn't even think about it i think lee deserves a hell of a lot of credit you know support by his wife tina um you know on a match day home game he's probably got 101 other things he needs to do as mm. the, the ceo of the club so to give up his time not only to give up his time you know but to to to, to get some sponsorships but to to actually su uh, show support mm. for the community trust and for the walk deserves a big pat on the back over 50 walkers and over 10,000 pound raised so far it, it was a brilliant response Andy you were monitoring the the fundraising page throughout the last couple of weeks and you always see that spike in the build-up to the event but um, but al almost more so this year and there's still time I think for for people to donate as well yeah it's brilliant I mean obviously like I say this week um, this year being involved in it you know you get all the um, usually I'm keeping an eye on it but being part of the walk you get these emails when every the time updates. there's a donation so like you say at the, the, the sort of the start of the week it started to pick up and then the I think on the Friday it just was thick and fast and even Friday night they were coming in 10 11 o'clock and obviously it was an early start on Saturday and I think I was I got up at six and I had about six or seven emails from donations going in at four or five in the morning yeah. so I'm not too sure what they People were doing. People have been up, out and had a few beers and thought, yeah, oh, perhaps, now's a good time perhaps. to donate. But um, yeah, no, as you say, a great response from the fans. Um, and then, as usual, on the Saturday and on the day, um, even more so, the, the donations were coming in in you know, big numbers as well. Um, you know, 30, 40, 50 pounds. And then I think there was a, a thousand pounds put in there as well. So yeah. it made a massive difference. I think, I think before the walk, it was on about eight and a half thousand perhaps. And then by the time we got to, to Loftus Road, it was way over. 10,000 I think we're about 10 and a half thousand now um, and yeah the the page is, is still up for a, for a good couple of months so you know if 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 nobody has you know if you haven't donated yet there's still plenty of time and hopefully seeing seeing the guys at Loftus Road on on Saturday will in, encourage you to do so for for what is a fantastic cause and I've it never beggars to believe or ceases to amaze the response that the Tiger Cubs get when they're walking around the pitch um, we did it pre-match, didn't we? Because there was a lot of other half-time activities. But the response to when those young young guys, um, some of them, are, you know, in their teens, and some of them young adults, but when they're when they're walking around the pitch, it just gives you a real sense of the community values that are on show at QPR. And yeah, it's amazing. It's very humbling. You know, I uh, 
I stood on the side, I was doing something else as they walked around the pitch, you know, and you... Almost lump to the throat. A little bit it? of lump uh, comes to your throat, you know. Um, I think that's the eighth walk. I think beforehand we we, we worked out, or Andy said they'd done seventy five, eighty thousand pound over that period of time. The money is fantastic, you know. It's it's getting harder and harder to to donate. It's, you know, the cost of living's going up all the time. So the, to keep getting that level of support, but I'm a great believer though the the difference it makes to those youngsters' lives far outweighs the value of mm. money if that makes sense if yeah. I've said that in the right way you know so uh, I can only thank everyone enough full credit and thanks to everyone who walked you know there's a great we talk about the team spirit amongst the the players and the team you know what you found on Saturday morning and Andy's just said it 50 odd people walking a real togetherness a real spirit a real camaraderie all for the benefit of our our great football club so it was uh, it was great to be involved in and the walk itself Andy formed part of QBR community day celebrations and in general that um, from the outside looking in, appeared to be an overwhelming success as well. Yeah, definitely. I know I was talking to, to Andy Evans on the walk and he said, you know, how much was, was going on that day, you know, just uh, from aside from Tiger Feet and, mm. you know, everything at, at half time. Um, and it just shows, you know, talking to the fans on the walk and how proud they are of everything that the, the community trust does. And, you know, it does, you know, doesn't go unnoticed. So um, I think, you know, for them, I, we, we seem to do it every every season and, you know, long may it continue where we celebrate everything that the, you know the guys at the trust do because you know like you said there's so much that they do that you know sometimes people don't see and it's you know so much more than a football club and and I think that the Tiger Feet walk is great sort of credit to them and it shows you know that's just one element of the, the fantastic work that they do. I would just like to echo that you know I would like to you know place on the record to say you know Andy Evans and his team do an amazing job for mm. the football club it's a vital part of our football club. It is the face of the club to many senses. You know, on a on a daily basis, we're privileged to see what happens and be involved almost on a daily basis. A lot of people don't see, but every credit to to Andy and his team and his team behind the team for what they do. And long may it continue. Yeah, they've got some great staff there, and I'd like to say on the record as well, Gareth Dixon, who works for the trust and has worked there a number of years, is leaving um, next month. And um, Certainly, he's been a credit to. I mean, he's a QBR fan, but yep. the work he's done in the community um, over over the time he's been here is absolutely fantastic. And yeah, you're right; they deserve all the credit that yep, comes their way. They do great. So there'll be no rest for the players this week. Luke Freeman made that quite clear that they'll be training hard this week. They might get a couple of days off over the weekend. Um, has this international break come at the wrong time for for QBR with the form we're in, or? As a player, when you're heading into the final furlong, the final five or six weeks of the season, does this does this break come at the right time? Results-wise, it probably interrupts us a little bit, mm. um, you know. But it's there, so it's no good worrying about it or moaning about it. It's there. Uh, what it'll do, it'll give um, people to play a little bit of downtime if they like uh, to to recharge the batteries. Even though they will be training, Ollie will monitor that. You know, you're not preparing for a game at the weekend. You're preparing for a game in. 12, 13 days time. Mm. So the training will be different. You know, we wish all the lads who are going away on international duty. And let's face it, they're going away on international duty because of how well they're doing the QPR. Yeah. So yeah. that's a positive. Um, as long as they touch wood, as long as they come back in. Well, I was free. just going to say that as long as they uh, get to where they're going, you know, some people are going far. Some people aren't going quite so far, but uh, we wish them well. We hope they do well. But Above all else, we hope they come back fit and raring to go for QPR in our next game up at Derby. Yeah, one more match to go this month. Um, and you'd like to think that, we'll look ahead to Derby shortly, but you'd like to think if QPR come away from that match unscathed, 
Um, then Ian Holloway has to be in with a great shout, Andy, of uh, being nominated or certainly being with a chance of winning manager of the month because it's been an incredible month for QPR. Yeah, you'd like to think so. I think it was before before the weekend and we saw the uh, the form table doing the rounds and we were yeah. we were top of that and I think strangely we've we've slipped to second Villa despite the five one win. I think, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, as you say, certainly. I mean. Yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see what happens at, at Derby. Um, I know we're the only team still to play this month because it's a Friday night fixture. So sometimes you like to get those games in early, but that might actually go against us if the result doesn't go. Away. Yeah, I mean, if we were talking and the Derby game was was on the Saturday and it was next month, then I think we'd be sitting here and I'd be pretty gobsmacked if he wasn't certainly yeah. in the running for it. And I think it'd be great because I think you know where we are in the league table. Um, People you know, don't really notice no. today this time of year. If, no. if a club that is in the middle reaches of the division, not going up, not going down. And it does kind of go unnoticed. I mean, I w what I will say is we've had a lot of requests from people that you don't normally hear from, from a media point of view, saying, oh, I'd love to speak to the championships inform manager, or isn't Matt Smith doing well? Isn't Luke Freeman doing well? It'd be great to talk to them. So some people were saying yeah. it, but like you say, it would be a nice accolade. Yeah, and I think I was watching the, the highlights on, on Sky on Saturday night, I think it was, and... They got, you know, they showed the goals, and then the only thing they really mentioned afterwards was talking about Rotherham, the defending, the fact that obviously they're all but come on, give us a all, bit of credit. We scored five at home. All but relegated now, and then yeah, the only thing I think they said about QPR was just I think the fact that we won the game. There was no mention of the fact that we, you know, the form that we're in. Four on the bounce at home. Uh, um, so I mean, similarly, you know, it works both ways. I remember when obviously we had that that sticky spell, you know, um, soon after Roddy got here, and you know we were worryingly sort of dropping down the Planting, table yeah. and equally I think again because we were just in that mid-table then suddenly people were seeing us you know, just skirting above the relegation yeah. zone and people were thinking oh you know how a QPR down there so it works both ways but yeah like you say because we're in that kind of you know we're we're touch wood we're not going to be you know worrying about relegation given the recent form yeah but we're not you know with 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 two with that far off the playoffs that people really aren't probably know the form that we're in mm. um so yeah it would be nice to you know, if, if we can keep it up and Ollie, yeah, like you say, should definitely be in with a shout. Tough game's coming up though. Um, Derby first, Andy. Gary Rao, a man you know fairly well, um, is now in the hot seat at Pride Park. <coughs> is that a tougher game now that he's in charge? Yep. Without a shadow, more organised? Without a shadow of a doubt. Plus he's got the, you mentioned about us having a, the, the international break or work for Derby, mm. you know, because that'll give him more time on the training ground, get his, get his ideas across, work out who can do what. But yeah, Derby, you know, gone through another manager. Uh, it's really not worked out there as everybody expected because they've spent a lot of money. Um, well, what have I? Last 18, what have I now? I said they'd probably be one of the three that go up this you year. Don't you know, know very much. <laughs> <laughs> so as, as as it's proven, um, but you know, big club spent a lot of money, um, but just hasn't worked out. You know, I think the won one in the last 11 games, took nine points from 11, sort of relegation form. But Gary Rowett will go in. He's done a fantastic job at uh, Birmingham. He will galvanise them, he'll get them going. So, yeah, in answer to your question, that makes it a lot, lot tougher game. Having said that, we go into it as the informed team. Mm. You know, if you look at some of our recent away performances, um, Newcastle, Reading, Leeds, now we got nothing to fear. So and we like playing Derby as well, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we had to mention the playoff final, didn't we? Here's Bobby Zamora. Come on, Bobby. No. Um, but no, I mean, that that will always be in the back of, of Derby fans' mind when we play them. You know, let's not be around the bush. It, it will be. People will think, you know, it's QPR. They beat us in the playoff final when they, they only have one shot on target. 
well, given, against all the odds. Well, well given the, the recent record, which we've just gone through, you know, obviously it'll be Gary Rowett's first home game, mm. you know, after his first game at Notts Forest the other day where they got pegged back in... Uh, the 95th minute. ...in injury time or stoppage time or whatever they call it now. So, uh, so yeah, but we go there full of confidence. They'll be wary about us, um, you know, what we can do to them. I thought we played well at home when they beat us 1-0. Mm. Didn't deserve to lose Didn't that deserve to lose. And that was during the six games, wasn't it, <coughs> yeah, that it was we lost? Midway through that, that horrible December that we had. But but any side, whoever's in charge, Gary Rowett, Steve McLaren, Nigel Pearson, any side, they've got the likes of Ince and, yeah. you know, Russell and Hughes in their, in yeah. their, in their ranks. Um, you need to keep an eye out. But uh, it's great to go there, you know, so-called big team, but full of optimism rather than thinking, what might we get? And it's a busy week, isn't it, once we do start again, because it's it's Derby on the Friday, Villa, a trip to Villa on the Tuesday, and then a home game against High Flying Brighton, um, who are showing a little bit of signs of maybe feeling the, yep. the pressure at the top there. But there's some really good tests coming up now. Well, I looked, you know, when the fixtures today, we did the fixture morning that morning, and the fixtures come out, and you have a look at sort of periods, you look at Christmas, you have a look around about Easter time, and I looked at these three games because... You know, Derby, Villa, Brighton, you think are going to be right in the mix of going up and you, um, and nothing's changed that. Brighton having a little bit of a wobble, Villa have hit some form. So, yeah, three, three tough games to look forward to. But, you know, I'm really looking forward. It'll be, in many senses, it'll be a real big sign of where we are, how far we've come in recent, uh, in recent weeks and months. And, Andy, I know that um, we touched on community. They do just do me a favour and give out um, the website address for people to donate and then um, that gives people like you say another couple of months just to if they can put their hand in their pocket yep so if you if you haven't donated yet the fundraising page is www.virginmoneygiving.com forward slash tigerfeet8 we'll be back uh, in the coming weeks uh, but in the meantime coming you are <laughs>